Hello everyone and welcome back to Deeper with the Dolan Twins. Today we would like to have an open and serious discussion with all of you about everything that has been going on in our world lately. Yeah. And we say our world, we mean including everybody listening, um, not just mine and Grayson's. Um, there's a lot of terrible stuff going on in this world. Um, a lot of terrible stuff that has been going on in this world that um, people have been turning a blind eye to for far too long now. And I now realize more than ever um, how important it is and the change that can actually be made if we all come together to combat these terrible things that are going on in this world. Um, I, I do want, I want to start off by saying Grayson, Ryan, and I, we're all white guys. Um, so we will never, ever be able to fully understand what exactly people of color are dealing with in this world and have been dealing with for far too long now. We, we've been doing the best that we can to understand and the best that we can to, to really open our minds and to learn. Yeah. To set any ego aside that may have been instilled in us from a young age without us realizing. Mm -hmm. Now is the time, and I've realized that all of that needs to go, and now is the time that us as white people need to be educated mm -hmm. to learn and to understand what black people in our country and our world are dealing with and going through. Every single day. So, with that being said, this podcast for us is going to be more about listening than speaking. Because, because we really, right now, understand the value of learning. Learning is a thing that is going to make the change. A big, a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. The will to listen is going to be the thing that will help us all take a step in the right direction for this world, for everybody in this world. I realize that I care about people so much and that the best thing I can do is listen to them. It is so important for us to speak up, but in order for us to know what to say, what is going to be effective and what is going to make this change, we have to listen first or simultaneously. Mm -hmm. We need to be educated. And first off, before we dive into the deeper discussion, I want to dedicate this episode to George Floyd, a man who lost his life in an unjust way. A wrongful murder. Um, it's just completely heartbreaking. Hmm. I can't, I can't, it's, it's tough. <sighs> I saw the video and it's something that I will remember for the rest of my life. I just, it is fucking terrible, terrible. And the fact that instances like this occur, period, just, that even happen, period, and, and especially the amount that they happen is just, just completely fucking terrible and it needs to stop. Okay, so like I mentioned earlier, we, we wanted to really listen um, and demonstrate how people like us can learn. So um, 
one of our best friends, and when I say best friend, I, I, I truly mean brother, Dion Hinton, is going to join us today to give us his perspective on everything that's been going on and things that he, have, he and his family and his ancestors have been dealing with for far too long, for their whole lives, and they're still dealing with these things now. Um, um, so Dion was strong enough, brave enough, and just amazing enough to be willing to partake in this episode of this podcast and teach us. So we're going to give Dion a call now um, and do some listening that we need to do. Um, so Dion is calling in from New York. Um, Dion, thank you for for calling in and for being here. I know it's, well, it's not that late on your No, on it's your not end. that bad. It ain't I go bad. to bed so early, I'm like a grandpa. <laughs> um, but that's besides the fact. In our group chat that we have with Dion, we've been sharing a lot of feelings and and thoughts and just things that we want to do um, and things that we believe need to happen in this world. And so Grayson and I kind of just explained to everybody listening that we want to do some more like listening in this episode, more, more so than talking, just because that we feel like that's what the world needs to do right now. That's what white people need to do right now. Uh, we need to understand. Is there anything that you would immediately like to get off your chest about the situation and everything going on right now? Anything you would like to say? Um, I just want, I want you to have the opportunity to say that. So, um, well, I guess like for starters, I definitely want to thank you guys for even having me here. Um, it means the world for me, for us to be able to have this conversation. And like, I was talking to you guys about, like, we manifested this podcast. Like whenever you guys first said like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. And I was like, well, like we should do a podcast together. And then the fact that, um, one, the fact that it has to be this turn of events to be why we are doing this podcast, it's, it's tragic, but it's also a very beautiful experience that I wouldn't want to really have with anyone else in this moment. So thank you guys for having me for this. Um, also, as a small disclaimer, this is a safe space. So to each of you listening to this, um, you're safe here. Um, I guess a little bit of a background about who I am, because I feel like a lot of you guys may not know, but I'm Dion, as they mentioned. I um, was born and raised in Fayetteville, Arkansas, very, very conservative, very southern state in Arkansas, very close minded. Um, my mom had me when she was 14 and raised me as a single black mother. And um, just throughout my life, I've experienced a lot of different experiences and I've had a lot of experiences that should have um, hardened me you know as a black man in this country I've literally had so many experiences that have should have that should have broken me to be honest um, but they instead like they molded a shield around my softness so I'm think at the end of the day like the very first thing that I think is important to understand is that black people are exhausted. We're, mm. we're extremely yeah. exhausted. And um, Wednesday I sat in my room and I just, I cried for three hours straight, just like crying, like bawling my eyes out. And it's just, 
I, w- I was trying to find the words to, to figure out what I want to say because on social media, I have this. And, and as in real life, I have this duty within myself that I have to care for others and I have to make sure that people know that we're going to be okay. Like I'm constantly that reassurance of like, you know what, we're going to be fine. We got this. And trying to find that balance between having that voice and also grieving is something that really just tossed me around. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like right now, my heart is very exhausted. I'm very saddened by all of this that has happened, but there's still this huge intuition of optimism that I have, that I know that this is going to change and to be a fact uh, or to be a factor within this change is something that I would never take for granted. So I'm just really appreciative of all of that. So I wouldn't change being black. I wouldn't change my background. I wouldn't change where I come from. It's molded me to be who I am today. Um, so yeah, I guess overall, just first disclaimers, like I said, this is a safe space. This is a learning experience for all of us. And yeah, you're safe here. So just the fact that you even have to have thoughts that push you to the point where you have to say, I would never want to change being black I would never want to change where I come from the fact that the society that we live in has even pushed you to a point where those words leave your mouth and you have to say that is awful there's really no other word for it not once have I ever thought oh like I'm like I would always just want to be white I've never like I've never ever had to get to the point in my life where I society has made me even realize the color of my skin or treating me a certain way because the color of my skin that for a second thought maybe if I wasn't this color things would be different I never ever thought that and the fact that you like my best fucking friend and people exactly like you with I'm sure the kindest hearts have had to have those thoughts just because of the society that we live in really really bothers me man and i and i i'm not the person to be bothered you know what i mean like i i'm not the one who should be bothered it's people who are mistreated you know what i mean i can't imagine what it would even be like to be like that man and that that is that's my that's my privilege i understand that i have i have a privilege and damn dude just the fact that it has to like that 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 just is really like terrible to me you know what i mean because you're, you're a fucking beautiful person. It's unfair. And I, I'm so appreciative that you're here today and you're speaking so openly with us because I've experienced unfairness, but from the opposite side, from the privileged side. I've been in situations where I was being pulled over by a police officer and I was fully confident in my safety and that the situation wasn't going to escalate and that I could just speak with them and and be respectful and then but I was like I literally expected to get a warning because that's all you know that's all that's happened in your life that's yeah it's and and because of the way that I was born yeah and that right there is so unfair to me and not unfair in the way that no it's it's unfair in the way that if if the if if Dion was pulled over and he was in my situation, 
like that it would be different it, in this it, day and age. I that can't. We live in. I yeah. can't say that the situation wouldn't be different. And bro, you are an angel on this planet. You've probably. I'm just gonna say you're probably you're definitely a better person than I am, but the situation would have been treated in this situation. You would have been treated differently because the way you were born. Something that you have absolutely no control over and something that you should love. And something that you do love, rightfully so. This is a really just a tough conversation for me because it Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm trying not to let my emotions get to the point of like anger. Yeah. Because of all this unfairness. Um and just because of the love that I have for you. And I know just how just how truly unfair and cruel this this country is right now. Mm-hmm. And I think even like in that part, one, it's so crazy because literally from the moment that I met you guys around two years ago, the, around the time that I met you guys, a lot of this was still going on. It was still partaking. A lot of this was still happening. Um, and... I think just as a black person in this country, you you automatically have to be aware of your surroundings at all times. You have to constantly understand that there are people that will want to harm you for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that meeting you guys was truly, it felt kind of like a safe haven in a way. It felt like I knew for a fact, even though that they don't even know who I am. These are, this is around the time that we had first met. I'm saying like, they have no idea who I am. They just know like, this is, this is me. This is the surface level of me, but they don't really know me. But yeah. there's never been a shadow of a doubt within my heart that I've ever questioned your intentions for my experiences and the things that I have gone through or what you would do for me if we were put in any weird, sticky unequal situation I don't question what you would do for me and I thank you guys for that because I like that's not as as crazy as it sounds it's not something that's easy to come by nor is that a trust that you can just give to anybody thank you I feel the same exact way about you and and it's even been proven um (laughs) just I guess a little funny story one time um Grace and Dion and I were leaving the beach and um, I had my Jeep at the time and these kids had, I had the doors off and these one kids, um, they said, fuck the Dolan twins. Yeah, this group of kids was, and Dion's like, I'm going to pop out. (laughs) We all said, I mean, just like, we, we have that brotherhood and I think like you said, like, first of all, thank you for, for knowing that, that I would be there for you in any situation. That was uh, that was not equal or unfair, um, and I know that you would do the same for me, and I think that God really like had us cross paths, and we were so quick to recognize that we are almost like spiritually the same people. Yeah, but we come from very different backgrounds. Um, physically, we look different, but. We are spiritually and within us, we are like the same people. I want to, I want to, I want to add to that. Just as Grayson said, like spiritually, morally, and 
we're the same. And there's so many similarities between us besides the fact that we look different physically. Another difference between us is the privileges that we have. Yeah. I hate that it's like that. Yeah. I think, too, something that I've come to really understand in something, like, after I graduated or while I was still in school, rather, I was, it was around, it was 2012 when Trayvon Martin was murdered. And um, I just remember the shift within my community in the way that my mom carried the way that she was raising me. I remember just, there was so much anger, but it was just like a sense of hopelessness of like, that could have been you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just a kid. I, I think I was probably in the seventh grade. As a kid, you're trying to wrap your mind around the idea that that could have been me. So I think, true, like you said, you guys said, you have a privilege that I will never be able to experience. You have a voice that I'll never be able to vocalize. I think that all stems into understanding that we have to do better in realizing what it means to say and be completely behind Black Lives Matter. And I, I'm, I'm just saying right now, I'm going to do everything in my power, um, what, whatever I can do as a human being here on this planet, to give you that equivalent voice. And not just you, so many people like you. I had a quick thing I wanted to ask you, Dion, if you don't mind. Um, so you brought up in 2012 um, what happened. And then 2014, Eric Gardner, same thing happened to him where he was choked out. Uh, I can't breathe. That thing went viral. Why do you think that that wasn't enough there? And what can we do to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Well, it's not that... I wouldn't necessarily say that like it wasn't enough within these things that we've had enough. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no situation of like we've had enough. From the first time of it happening, dating back to Emmett Till, we've had enough. We've ha- we haven't had the we haven't had the vocal or the the sense of urgentness of just like to, of just stopping all of this. We didn't we don't have that. And the thing is, like, I don't have all the answers. None of, we don't have all the answers. But the thing is, I guess moving forward from here is the thing is what we have to instill is education. We have to educate ourselves. We have to understand what white privilege is. We have to understand what an ally looks like, what a true ally looks like. We have to understand, like, not only what not being racist looks like, but being anti-racist. We have to know what that means. There's a difference. Yes. Yes. Totally. I I read something today that really put things into perspective about not only is it important that you are the furthest thing from racist, but also that you are anti-racist, that you are against any form of racism. Not that you just, because then just not being racist, it makes you a bystander. You're not taking action. You have to be anti-racist and express that. So something that I've been, that I've been seeing come from this particular situation with George Floyd is for, and this, this really could be the first time in history 
the youth has proven their voice across all social platforms and, and just and the world and around the world protesting to to be very powerful and for me that's that is giving me a strong sense of hope that this world is very much headed in the right direction and when i when i say right direction i mean the i i really am talking about the youth and the generation that we are in uh and that a lot of our listeners are in because they they they've proven that when they come together they can be powerful and i've learned so much in the past 3 days by reading and by by opening my mind um and th- that makes me re- just really proud of of the youth when ryan said how can we make sure that this doesn't happen again i think that the youth is taking a very strong stance and making making sure that they are heard I so think that we do eliminate things like this happening. But it's going to take a lot more than that. Because with that being said, there, there have been a lot of people in our generation who, who have been failed by, by many of the other generations ahead the of us. generations that raised us. So it's true. Older people have failed us. Not all, but the reason for any form of racism in our generation is or or, or any gener- any generation period is because it was taught to us we were raised with these prejudices and we 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 don't whether we un- whether we know it or not whether it's subconscious or not you need to drop your ego and really realize that maybe you were raised with harmful beliefs and those need to change whether they're things that you've thought your whole life just because someone's taught you you really just need to reevaluate you need to look at things from a different angle from the right angle you you were born a clean slate everything that you know now is because it was taught to you so changing the way you think dropping your ego would be changing for the better mhm an example of this ego that he's speaking of right now is, I mean, it disgusts me, are the people saying, who, who aren't in the black community, oh, like, what a, like this whole, with the Black Lives Matter movement, they're saying, oh, then why don't all lives matter? But nobody in the black community is saying that only black lives matter. They are simply saying that we matter too. And that we should all matter equally. No one is saying only black lives matter. And I've seen so many people let their ego take over and say, oh, well, what, about, what about me? I'm not black, but I matter too. That's not what anyone's saying. You need to drop your ego and realize that in our society, things are not by any means equal for black people. And the Black Lives Matter movement is for them to be heard. I feel like it also boils down to morale. Um, I think it boils, boils down to not making it about yourself. I think it boils down to empathy. I think it boils down to sympathy. 
um, Black Lives Matter, it doesn't suggest that Black lives are more important or that they're higher valued than any anyone else's life. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's 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 pointing out the fact that Black lives are severely undervalued within this society. Mm-hmm. That's it, and I I I I think the entire all lives matter demeanor. It stems from systemic racism, rather we want to believe it or not. I think at the end of the day, to put it into perspective, so say me, Ethan Grayson, and Ryan all go out to eat. We're all sitting down in a booth, chilling, eating some vegan food. (laughs) The waiter comes and she gives Ethan Grayson and Ryan their plate. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, wait, what, what about, what about my plate? And the waiter looks at me and goes, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I, I ordered food too. I, I, I just didn't get a plate. And then Ethan looks at me and goes, Dion, my like, do you think your plate matters more than mine? And I, I'm like, no, like my, it's not the fact that your plate matters. Like, it's not that. It's just I don't have a plate. Then Ryan looks at me and goes, Ugh, why are you like? Why are you always complaining? Like, why are you so upset that you didn't get a plate? I look at Ryan. I go, but Ryan, like, I I just I just don't have a plate. And it's just like my, but like, what about my plate? Like, my plate matters as well. You know what I mean? And that that's in, that's with the entire all life matter. The demeanor of it is just very, very hard for me to grab onto, maybe because I'm a black man in this country, but it just doesn't add up to me. Like I said, Black Lives Matter is not a sense of entitlement for black people. It's just the importance of black lives. Simple. Yes. Yeah, it is simple. And, and the, the way you explained that was absolutely beautiful and amazing. Um, so thank you so much for that. I think that'll really help put this into perspective for people who are still unsure about what the movement really is about and people that need to learn what it's about because it is a beautiful thing. It's a fucking beautiful thing. I think once every, once people can learn what it's about and understand it, they will be able to join it. I think that there are people on the edge right now who, who aren't racist and, and may truly love everyone regardless of the way they were born, but they just don't know enough to be able to join the movement. And I, and Dion, by you saying, making that analogy right now and telling that story really puts it into perspective and I think will allow someone to grasp it, therefore being able to join it. So that was really powerful. And I thought it was extremely mature of you to say that maybe I don't understand the all lives matter demeanor because I am a black man in this country. Because so many white people are just getting defensive and saying, I, and, and saying anti-Black Lives Matter things because they are not saying, oh, maybe I just don't understand it because I'm white. They are just deciding that they don't want to understand it. Whereas you are a black man in this country and you are your, your voice is not as heard and you're still saying maybe I just don't understand it because I'm black for you for you to be in a situation where you don't have the privilege that that white people have in this country yeah and and your voice is 
is being suppressed and to still say, you know, I'm going to try to understand where they're coming from is so strong and so mature. You're fucking awesome, D. That makes me so proud that I have a friend who is just so willing to understand and, and, and listen, like that, I can't, I can't even put it into words how amazing that is. And if all white people were just willing to listen in this country, a change, a giant leap in the right direction would be made. It's just the will to listen and learn. And it, and it doesn't need to take time. This change could be made, if everyone would listen and learn, this change could be made fast. As it needs to be. I think the first thing is like understanding too. And like you said, this, this entire thing of education and knowing more and realizing it's not necessarily, I'm not expecting people to dive into textbooks, even though these are things that are very um, encouraged. But just start at the base of it. Starting with the base of understanding what white privilege is and what your, what your privilege is. Understanding what white privilege is in general. Understanding that you can go to bed comfortably without worrying about the fact that you're not going to be the next one. You have the situation where you can walk into a job interview and you don't have to worry about if you're going to get the job because of your race. You have, to, you, you, you have the opportunity to walk into a hospital not fearful that you're not be, going to become another statistic. You don't have to teach your kids protocol for when they get pulled over by a police officer because I, I i don't know what to do when i get pulled over pulled over by a police officer but i never have an issue there was no there was no protocol taught to me speaking of that yes fearing the people in this country who are supposed to protect you is a very scary scary thought and that i've never had to deal with and the fact that you and so many people like you, just because of the way that they were born, have to deal with that is terrible. I, I, I just want to say a quick story, if you guys don't mind, um, just because it, things that have happened in my life help me put things into perspective. I will never understand fully because I am white, and I understand that. But sometimes being able to relate on the smallest scale helps me realize a little bit more um for example um one time grayson and i were in laguna it's in orange county and we were at a beach that had a parking lot and we got a flat tire in the parking lot this was about 8 p.m the beach closed at 10 p.m and we called AAA to come fix the tire because uh, we didn't have anything to get the tire off the car with and they were taking so long to come it was me grayson and two of our other friends who happened to be white. AAA wasn't coming for a couple hours and two police cars pulled in. And they were like, what are you doing here? The, the, the park's closed. We're like, sorry, we got a flat tire. And then they asked us our age and we were 17 at the time. And they were like, oh, now you're my responsibility. And one of the police officers, for whatever reason, like was not having a good day or something. He wasn't being understanding at all. One of them was. So, Already all we had to deal with was one guy just not being understanding. But no one said anything to us about if we were up to anything sketchy. No one even questioned it. 
We weren't, but no one questioned it. A lot of teenagers are. Um, we eventually left, and the one police officer had a problem with us. Um, he just like wasn't he wasn't nice to us. Whatever. Big whoop. They let us off the hook. We were fine. We just left when the AAA truck came. Um, about two weeks later, I was driving my BMW, which was new at the time, in Laguna, and I was testing out the paddle shifters, and I accelerated really fast off of a traffic light. I shouldn't have been doing it. It was breaking the law. I went too fast, and I got pulled over. And the police officer came up to the window, and it was the same police officer who didn't like me from the incident with the parking lot. And he goes, oh, you again. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in deep shit. Um, but I wasn't afraid for my life in any sense. I was like, he's just going to give me a bad ticket. And he goes, what are you, you're up here just causing trouble. Is that all you like, want to do? And was, was saying things like that to me, was grumpy, didn't like me. Um, I was just polite. I was like, I'm sorry, officer, honestly. Um, I, I was being an asshole. I was driving too fast. And um, yeah, I, I realized what I was doing was very wrong. I just got a new car. I was trying it out. It was stupid of me, and, and I'm sorry. He took my ID, went back to the car, and came back and said, I'm going to let you off with a warning because you were polite. That was my privilege right there. One million percent. And the fact that Dion, my best friend, who wouldn't have been driving like an idiot because <laughs> you're not as idiotic as me, <laughs> um, would not have had the same situation. And I understand that. So just a quick question, um, and you can share if you don't want to or not. I know that things get personal, um, and you can open up however much you would like on this podcast. There's no pressure with anything. But have you had a scenario with a law enforcement officer or anything like that? And I mean, if, if nothing comes to mind, maybe you can tell me what you think maybe the situation would be like if you were driving fast like I was getting in trouble for the second time with the same officer. Right. Um, I've had experiences, yes, I think um, a lot of them stemmed from obviously me being as careful as I am in anything that I do. I, I don't break the law or at least I don't try to but like there are certain things that are just absolutely unavoidable once you are in the the line of eye of a police officer that sees your skin doesn't see you just sees a dark person um I've had experiences basically just to keep them short I've had experiences where I've been pulled over um, and I've just been like followed around. I've had situations where I've been called slurs by police officers. I've had situations where my father has been pulled out of a car, handcuffed, interrogated for no apparent reason. I've had situations where I've had cousins had guns pulled on them. I've had my little brother and sister, they're eight years old. They've, they've experienced racism from adults. Um, calling them slurs, calling them names, and like I'm doing the best that I can to try to protect them and to try to allow them to grow up in a world that doesn't hate them. You know, I feel that's my responsibility. I've had experiences where there have been police officers that have um, 
see me walking in neighborhoods that apparently I didn't look like I belonged in. I've had people walk out of their houses asking me, what am I doing for being in this neighborhood? What are you doing? Do you live here? What's your address? I've had so many different experiences that, like I said, should have broken me. And I can't find it in my heart to hate these people. Dude, you're an angel. And the fact that white people can't find it in their heart to just listen, not all white people, some white people. White people, another thing that they need to do is understand that black people have a right to be angry. Dion, you're walking around expressing your fucking American right by just going for a walk in a community and someone tells you that you don't belong there. What do you mean? Where do you belong? You belong wherever the fuck you want to go. You're a human and you walk this face of the planet with all of us. Right. And I was literally, it's funny because I was having a conversation with Grayson last night. We were talking on the phone and as I'm sitting there on the curb, there's these two white women that are walking their dog and we're on the same side of the street, mind you. It's dark. I'm wearing a black hoodie. I get it. Whatever. But I'm sitting there. I don't even have the hood on my head. I'm literally sitting there. I'm wearing shorts, for white shorts for crying out loud, like white shorts. I'm sitting there talking on the phone, non-aggressive. I'm not yelling. I'm not shouting. Grayson can vouch for that. We weren't screaming. We weren't yelling. None of that. We, I'm sitting there and these women, they see me and they cross the street, walk up the street, then come back on my side of the street once they've passed me. And in the midst of me hurting and grieving with Grayson about everything that's going on to then continue to experience it while I'm down, it's like there's no words for that. It stems back still into literally every day waking up, waking up, like terrified of seeing another headline. Last week, there was three instances, four instances within 72 hours I could not catch my breath from crying so hard from everything that's happening. Like, I just, I just want to be able to, like, breathe. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. So understanding what white privilege is, is the, is the foundation of what education can look like for you. Understanding that, you know, the skin, the, the, the color of your skin is not going to affect how you'll be able to function in a world built on systematic racism. You can live your life every single day. And I'm, this, these things aren't meant to say that you have not experienced things. I know that there are tons of people that have absolutely gone through the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Grayson and Ethan, you guys have gone through things that I have never experienced. And these are, these are not, this, me saying this is not to say that we all don't have our problems but Black Lives Matter is just saying, please just hold my life in your hands for once, please. That's all it's saying. It's asking for unity to help an amazing cause. To improve global peace. And the fact that people have a problem with it in the slightest just boggles my mind. How could you not want global peace? And how could you be so closed off to the point where you don't even realize that the movement is about global peace? Another thing to add on what you were saying, white people, some white people need to understand, because some do, but most need to understand that 
white privilege is not saying that your life has been easy. I'm white, my life has been far from easy. But it's saying that you have never been treated differently because you are white. And it's white privilege, it's not you, you, it's not, so I'm white, it's not Ethan privilege, it's white privilege. It's the privilege that I get because of the color of my skin. And there is such thing as that privilege. It's not speaking down on anybody either. Absolutely not. And it's not, and it's nothing that I can control, but it's something that I need to recognize is unfair. And that if I was on the flip side of it, that unfairness would make me very upset. But because I'm not, that unfairness doesn't really affect me or I don't notice it affecting me. But I need to be mindful of the fact that it negatively affects so many people and there needs to be a change. And I think too, it's like understanding that it's okay to be the student again in this situation. It's okay to put yourself in a situation where I'm gonna step back and see what I can learn in this. I think doing the best that you can and having those sticky conversations, having that open dialogue conversation and just really having a desire to want to understand, that means everything to us right now. Like meeting me with a lack of experience because we don't go through the same things. Meeting me with a lack of experience, but full of empathy. That's all I desire right now. Another thing that I want to address um, and say to white people who don't understand this is that even if you have been mistreated once before because the color of your skin, which is rare, it is very rare that a white person gets mistreated because of the color of their skin, but even if you feel that you have, this is not the time to be saying, oh, well, I was once before mistreated because of the color of my skin. It doesn't, there's magnitudes, and magnitudes change situations drastically. Like, you have, a white person has never dealt with the type of racism, the amount that it happens as a black person. They've never dealt with anything similar in magnitude to the racism that a black person deals with. Um, Okay, I have an analogy. I'm an analogy type person, and I, I think that they, they help give people perspective who don't understand. And the main goal of this podcast is to help people understand and be open to learn and listen. Um, so analogies help different people with different things, and I'm an analogy type person. As many people listening know, um, Grayson and I lost our dad to cancer. He was the closest person to us. Everything that my dad believed in, I believed in. He taught me everything. He raised me to be the person who I am. I have the, the morals that I have because of my dad. I talked before about how when you're born, you're a clean slate. I'm not a clean slate anymore because of my dad. Everything in me was filled by my dad. Um, and I lost that person to cancer. And around the time that I did, I had a lot of people express like extending their condolences and saying really nice things and I know that no one ever meant any harm or tried to one-up me or anything like that but I couldn't help but be bothered when some people said I know how you feel 
I lost my grandma or I lost my great grandma or a distant relative. I, that the loss in any capacity is awful and incomprehensible and it, it's traumatic and it's something that you will never forget and you will deal with and you'll have problems with for the rest of your life. But, and, and I love my grandparents dearly. I love my great grandma who passed away dearly and, and I still think about her every single day. But like I said, I was raised by my dad. Everything that I am is because of him. I couldn't help but think, I'm sorry that you lost your grandma, but you didn't lose your dad. And that is back to how there's different magnitudes of things. Another disclaimer, I want to say, I'm not, I'm not saying that any loss is different. I, I don't know what I would do without my grandparents, but I lost the person who I am, who I am because of. So there's different magnitudes of situations. And for a white person to say, I know how you feel. I've been treated like this before, or, or to think that for a second that you know how a black person feels is wrong. You don't. You have no clue. And that feeling that I, I felt when people told me, oh, I know how you feel because I lost my, my great-grandma, is not even comparable to the feeling that a black person feels when a white person says, I know how you feel, or thinks that they know how they feel. So, Dion, for the people that don't know, can you explain what an ally is? Yeah, so essentially it's literally the same as when you were a kid, you were playing cops and robbers, and you would have a secret sidekick or you would have someone that would help you. You would have that person that would make sure that you're good, you know, like an ally. It's literally it's the same, like it's the same annotation of what we were raised on it being. It's the person that's going to be there for you, the person that's going to help protect you, the person that's going to defend you. Um, there's so many different things that go into being a great ally. Um, I think number one being is educating yourself. I think, first off, and like I said, I think there's this, something that I've been seeing as of recent is a huge misconception of the difference between black and people of color. Um, there's a difference. And once you're able to separate the experiences of black people and other minorities, you're then able to have an understanding of what we go through as black people alone. Um, having that conversation, doing that research, at the end of the day, it's not black people's responsibility to educate you on how to help protect us. And that looks like a few different things. That could look like you Googling certain things. That could look like you reading. That could look like you listen, just listening. There's so many Black educators and people that work, that do anti-racist work. There's plethora of resources. There's so many things that you can do. So it's just having that desire to want to help. Crossing the, diff crossing the difficult line of being there for someone, having that self-understanding and admitting that I'll never understand your pain. As you guys said earlier, this is, and this is the thing, like this is what makes you guys so special. It's the fact that you guys understand that you will never understand what I will go through. There's an understanding that we have different experiences that we will continue to go through life together. But there will be situations that will look very different, that will play out very different for each of us. I think having those conversations of willing to go through the trenches with me and holding my hand and really pushing and, and 
being there for me and being present. There, that could look like a, 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 a crazy amount of things, whether that look like you signing a petition, whether that look like you donating, whether that look like you, you know, calling out your friends that are using the N-word, check them. Your, 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 your relatives that are saying foul things that just do not correlate with you, check them. Because that behavior is just, it, 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 it cycles through. And that's how generational racism happens. Because no one says anything. Yeah. That, that's why it happens. So when you have, the, you have the situation where there's a lot of white people that are silent right now. A lot of white people are quiet. And the thing is, you being quiet is just like, there's a saying that white silence equals violence. And I believe that wholeheartedly, like you guys were talking about earlier, having that conversation of not saying anything and just kind of like playing it and coasting and being neutral, that causes you to be anti-black. Rather you believe it or not, that's exactly what that is. I believe it. I think right now, if you're being silent, it, it's not like you're not aware of the situation. The whole world is. The entire world is. And if you're white and you're being silent right now, you are against the, po- the positive movement, Black Lives Matter. If you are not with it, you are against it. And you need to use your voice. Even if you're not racist, you're being a bystander. And from a young age, we're taught that bystanders don't make differences. And if you want to make a positive difference in this world, you cannot be a bystander. You need to be, if you're not racist, you need to express your anti-racism. And like, it's just like an analogy, since we love analogies, I think of it as like, you, you see someone, you see a picture, right? There's like the situation that's happening. There's someone in a pool and they're drowning, okay? And there's a picture of three people at bay. They're just on their phones. And they're just like, oh, this person will, this person will help them. The next person will help them. The next person will help them. The next person will help them. No. Or even worse, this person will somehow stop drowning and save and, fix, and get out themselves. Because oftentimes, I'm sure that's what the situation is like. And that's, and, and, and that's what it feels like. When you experience silence, especially from people that you love, it's very hurtful. Um, and it's scary, obviously, for us. But it's also, I see that... It's, a, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. It's not an easy conversation to have because if it were, we'd be having it. But I think just something for your wide audience and for the people that are listening to, to this that have the opportunity to be an amazing ally, show up for your people of color. Show up for your black friends. Show up for, to your, for your relatives. Show up for your classmates. Show up for your coworkers. Show up for your strangers. Show up for your humans. Hold their hands. Show them that even though we don't have the same experiences, I want to try to understand you. Because your silence, especially in these times, is so, so loud. And I guess just overall, before you think to neglect the conversation because it's uncomfortable, imagine the uncomfort of being a black man in this country every single day. There are certain things that, that we will go through as a world. I can, I can honestly say 2020 has been one of the craziest years of my entire life. 
amidst all of this happening, whether that be COVID, whether that be the protests, whether that be the killings, whether that be anything, this has probably been one of the, this, this moment in time is going to go down in history. When our kids are going to flip through, they're going to see this on page 78 in their history books. And I guess what's just something that resonates with me is what will you be able to say that you contributed to this time? Were you a, were you a bystander that, just, that was just quiet, that didn't say anything because you were scared to have that uncomfortable conversation? Or did you prioritize your love for Black people? Your love for innocent lives. Which one was it? You know what I'm saying? So I think having those conversations is really, really important. And overall, being an ally, there are so many different things that play into that. Rather that be just feeling like you have to be, like not feeling like you have to be there for people, um, but being present for Black people. So if you see that they're getting, you know, targeted, they're being attacked, they're being called these slurs, stick up for them. Have those conversations with me. Have like, like have my back. Because if the, if the roles were flipped, I would do the same for you. That was very well said, Dion. Thank you so much for that. So guys, if, if you're listening, so everybody listening, for everyone, please use your voice right now. Silence is not going to help. It's going to do the opposite. Staying out of it is not helping. Staying out it's of it. Make, it's, it's making it worse. We can all be on the same team. Would you agree, D? Right, absolutely. I think, too, it's like making... It's my thing within change within white people and having such a, a huge part to playing in this, I think that looks like a few different things. So that could look like, you know, you sending that text to the governor, you making those calls, you signing that petition, you following these activists, you showing your parents these videos that are hard to watch, Teaching your children, your nieces, your nephews, how to be anti-racist. Not just like racist, like not racist or like friendly and kind, but how to really stick up for their friends. How to really be there for strangers that need them. Have those conversations that make you uncomfortable. That's great, D. Thank you so much for sharing, man. That's, this is going to, your, your words are going to make a difference in this world in a positive way. They already have in mind so much. Really. And I want to let you know, D, um, I mean, as you already know, I got your hand through all this whenever you need it. I do as well. And I appreciate that. I really do. Uh-huh. Literally from like the bottom of my heart, I appreciate those words because like they're, they're so needed right now. And, and I, I don't even want to get emotional about it, but it's these times I've, I feel such a sense of loneliness just within who I can look to. Like there have been situations within these past few days where I question relationships with people because I don't know the intentions of what would happen if you and I were in a car together and someone were to pull a gun on me, an officer were to pull a gun on me and point it in my chest, what would you do for me in that situation? You know what I mean? And with y'all, I, don't ha- I, I can't even think that you wouldn't do something for me. So thank you. I'm in front of you. I love you guys so much. I love you too, D. And to everybody listening, I got your hand through this too. I do as well. I'm going to be I'm going to make myself helpful in any way I could possibly be.
And honestly, even by having this conversation, you're already doing that by being present, by being, by being here, by showing empathy. I think something that I kind of, if we're ending off, I think something that I just want to say, if any of you feel like your voice doesn't matter within this, it matters. It, it always matters. I don't care what kind of platform you have. You can have two followers, 200, 2,000, 2 million. Your, your, your vocal matters. Your voice needs to be heard. It's so, so important. I promise you. Please just do not sit back and just expect this to, expect the next person to carry the weight of this. Because this is an us problem. This is an our problem. This is us. This is, this is us. And I guess finally to every black person listening to this podcast right now, I know you are tired. And there's no manual on what or how to feel right now. So feel. You deserve better. We deserve better. Our pain matters. Our healing matters. Black lives matter. So know that I hear you, I see you, I feel you, I love you, and I hope you're well. Thank you, Dion. That's beautiful, D. Thanks for being on, D. This means more than any conversation that I've had in a very, very long time. And it will be one of the most meaningful conversations that I will ever have in my life. And thank you, Dion, for being a part of it and being the reason why it is the most important one of the most important conversations I'll ever have and to everybody listening thank you for listening to one of the most important conversations I will ever have in my entire life thank you Dion thank you everyone please use your voice make your voice heard it doesn't need to be a situation of oh the next generation will end it we are the generation that is going to put an end to this make your voice heard we will do it and we can do it if we all come together we can do it now